Extra Life unites thousands of gamers around the world to play games in support of their local Children's Miracle Network hospitals. Since its inception in 2008, Extra Life has raised more than $40 million for sick and injured kids. Visit geektherapy.com slash extra life to learn more and join us on November 7th in raising funds to help kids. Welcome to GT Radio on the Geek Therapy Network. Here at Geek Therapy, we believe that the best way to understand each other and ourselves is through the media we care about. My name is Josue Cardona, and I'm joined by Link Keller. Hello. And Lara Taylor. Hey. Lara, it's you. <laughs> You're up. It's your turn. <coughs> I'm up. Just as... Why are you coughing? I, why am I coughing? <laughs> Let me not cough into the mic real quick. <laughs> so, um, yesterday... Um, uh, not my place, but a place in my building caught on fire. Um, and it was a pretty big fire. Uh, nobody got hurt. No animals got hurt. Most of my neighbor's property is okay. My property's okay. Everybody's okay. Just a little shaken up. Um, putting that out there. Uh, it was a very interesting experience. Um, I realized what my panic uh face looks like um <laughs> and how i react and i've been in traumatic situations before but this is something different this is something that i have had a fear of this happening since i was a child um like oh shit there's a fire i need to grab things and run <laughs> um didn't help that the fire was out our front door hmm. like we would have had to run by it to get out. Um, but anyway, it was. How'd it was you get out? I mean, we obviously we haven't touched. We barely spoken since oh, yeah, this happened. We've barely spoken. What we'll happened? We just talked about it on the us. podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> I had just finished with a client, and literally, my desk shook, and I didn't know because sometimes in the other room the couch will shake if someone slams a door, and I don't get that in the office. Mm -hmm. So. The desk shook and I was like, that's weird. Whatever. Apparently that was an explosion. Um, and I went into the bedroom to check with Nina, who was putting the cat in the cat carrier and said there was a fire truck outside. And so I was like, let me go check and see if it's something. So I looked out the front door and there's all this smoke coming around the corner at our place. So I slammed the door and I come back inside and I'm like, there's a fire. There's a real fire. So we grab the other cats and then I grab my laptop. I run around trying to figure I'm literally running around screaming. Nina's very like organized and like, I need to get this. I need to get this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. What do I get? What do I get? What do I get? And I knew in my head what I was going for to grab picture of my mom, um, my laptop, my uh, backup drive and my switch. So the backup drive for the PS4 and the switch right on the way out. Um, your razor, your razor laptop was the uh, razor laptop. Yeah, that yeah. well, that was right there. I I was yeah. at it. I, I yeah. folded it up and grabbed it. Um, my um, the the rags that are uh, from my summer camp. So those are really important to me. I have tied memories. I've talked about the rag program before. I don't need to go into detail, but they're very important items to me from my camp. And um, I knew that I didn't need to grab pictures because pictures were all on the laptop and my phone. Uh, I just grabbed clothes from my laundry basket, threw them in, in, in a bag. And then Nina was like, what about your medical supplies? And I was like, fuck. So I went and grabbed some of that. Um, now I have a, at least a week's worth of supplies in a go bag um, that is not fully packed, but at least the medical supplies are there. Um, the firefighter came to the door, knocked on the door, uh, told us that we should be okay, but leave the cats. And I was like, fuck that. I'm not leaving the cats. <laughs> um, well, why, so, why leave the cats? I don't understand. Because he's, he figured we needed to get out because of smoke, <laughs> But he didn't want us to bring the cats. And I'm like, I'm not taking any chances. I'm taking... So I grabbed one more thing, and it was my Extra Life medals. Um, and then... Um, oh, and the thing that was next to my, my laptop that I grabbed was my dice box 
with uh from my friend's wedding that's handmade um and so by the time we finally got out which was maybe like a minute after the firefighter had come to the door the other firefighter was like don't worry about it you guys can stay so we were fine but it was still really scary so and i i still don't know what happened um what caused it um but uh that was when I was looking at it afterward, was I happy with the things I grabbed? Yeah. yeah. That's huh. those are the things that I would grab again. Huh. Um there's one thing I forgot to grab that uh I would definitely try to, and it's a quilt made of my mom's uh Hawaiian mumus. Mm-hmm. And I'm tearing up thinking about losing that now. <laughs> um but if I had that much time again, that's what I would grab. And now I have a list in my head and I know exactly where everything is and I can plan out exactly how to go about it in the most systematic way and have, like, I don't I don't have to take time for clothes if I pack some clothes already. Um, medical stuff already taken care of. Um, so with zero prep, you did pretty good under pressure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. While I was actively panicking, saying shit, shit, shit. No, no, no. What do I do? What do I do? What do I grab? What do I grab? And yeah. Do I have any stuff in the in, in my box? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. And you, <laughs> you and... have your Trader Joe's bag <laughs> that you left bought when you were here and left here, and I still have a bunch of stuff from Inktober for you from last year. All the art supplies from Sakura. Okay, so so people don't know what this is. Can I can I can I talk about yeah, this? Yeah, because yeah, I think it's I th- I think I think this is like very related to to this. Um, uh, Lara and Nina do this thing. Lara and Nina's uh, Nina's Lara's wife. They have this bookcase, and then they have these like boxes with names of their friends on them. And whenever they get swag or just buy stuff or get something when they think about their friends, they put it in the box for their friends so that when they see them, they can give it to them. It's one of the coolest things, one of the most thoughtful things uh, I have ever uh, seen in my life. So uh, even though I'm like, is there anything in my box, right? Like being all casual, <laughs> but it is like, it is the coolest thing uh, that, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just great. So um, yeah. So you, so, so my stuff would have uh, just burnt, but it's okay. It but because burned. it's it's fine, it's fine. That's okay. At least That's, I uh, got yeah. most of the stuff to you before. <laughs> like it's literally just your Trader it's, Joe's it's bag that fault I could that go I get you another one. <laughs> it's COVID's fault that I haven't seen you this year and didn't and didn't collect. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. my fault I left my Trader Joe's bag <laughs> when I went there. It's been great. It's been great yeah, to be yeah. like. Nina will look at it and be like, whose is this again? Because it's not in the box. It's next yeah. to the box because yeah, it doesn't yeah. fit in the box. Yeah. I, w- I couldn't think of like any souvenir to get when I was in San Francisco. So I was like, oh, every Trader Joe's uh, city has their own unique bags. I'll buy one of those. i take it as a souvenir and I forgot it. <laughs> mm. oh, yeah. Man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, 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 so you've, you've spent, I'm guessing, a lot of time thinking about this and – and you're you're and set a lot of time trying not to think about it. Seriously, yeah. But um, but basically thinking about like what you would have taken, and so you took you took that's it. That's the list. You did it. That's the. Li- There's a lot of things looking around now that I would miss if I did yeah. not have. Yeah. But what I grabbed is the essentials, like mm-hmm. bare bones. If everything else had to go, other yeah. than that quilt that I forgot to grab, um. Yeah. That's that's everything. Because I have photo albums. Most of the stuff I think have been scanned or are digital pictures. Um, and yeah. if they're not, I'm going to be working on scanning things and putting them on a hard drive. Um, I no, put it in the thinking, cloud. Don't, don't. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I want it in two places. I yeah, want it in the cloud yeah. and I want a hard drive. Have a backup, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oof. These are things that I think about. Like I want multiples just in case. Yeah. 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 But uh, these are th- these are projects that Nina and I are thinking about that we need to do that we never have gotten around to. Um, is um, so um, 
is this kind of like what you wanted to to talk about today? Like the reasons why you grab those things or, or, or what no. exactly? So what I wanted to talk about, and uh-huh. we had a little pre-show discussion about whether this is actually a game or not, but um, <laughs> literally like two hours after um, I'm given the go ahead to stay in my apartment, um, I get a news um, a news update. I have a news app on my phone, local news. And it pops up with an article that says, new game trains your brain to react in emergency situations. What are the fucking odds of that? <laughs> the phone must be listening to you. I mean. It must be listening There's to no me. other explanation for that. I mean, the phone was listening to me and they transmitted it to the news station. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. they wrote an article and put it up yesterday. That's how that it time. works. Yeah. Um, so, so tell me about this game. Tell me. This game is a game by one of our favorite people, Jane McGonagall. My friend, Jane McGonagall. Woo. Your friend, be in her Jane book. McGonagall. Super Your better. friend and co-author. <laughs> Page 289, <laughs> chapter 10. <laughs> yeah. So um, Jane McGonagall is involved with what she's the game and the game design and research uh, director at uh, what is it? The Institute, Institute of the, for Fuch- the Future for the Future, and they developed something they're calling called a future forecasting game. There's a lot of the word future in in today's topic. Right. Um, yes, it's called the game is called the first five minutes of the future. Um, basically, it's a bunch of prompts that encourage you to get into the role of yourself in the future. And think about what you would do in a situation with very specific, um, very specific prompts. Like, not just what in general would you do if, and I I looked at what the prompts are, or at least a few of the prompts. Um, There's nothing about a fire, but like there's one like, what would you, what is it? Um, The first one I see is day one, the shutdown. You're at home, you realize the internet is out. You have no cell phone service. If you check, you notice nothing is broadcasting on TV or radio. Even though the electricity is working, it's as if all telecommunications have suddenly stopped. What do you do in the first five minutes after discovering that? And then how do you feel? What are you thinking about it? It's, I mean, it's what I would do with a client after a situation, like debriefing after a situation. This is just looking at the future um, and looking at how would we react, Um, which is a good thing to do. Um, I think we should all be thinking about things. If I had been, if I had planned to pack a go bag, which is something Nina has been trying to get me to do for a long time. And I am a dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, these are things it's it's encouraging people to look at tough situations now this is where the debate comes in is it a game is it not a game right uh over the weekend i was at save against fear online which was an amazing experience i feel like it is the closest i've been to an actual real convention in person like i feel a part of the community there and people made me feel really welcome um and i'm so excited to be a part of all of that but over the weekend, one of the topics and I, the one game I got to play over the weekend was a solo journaling RPG where you're taking the perspective of yourself. And in this one, there are other solo journaling RPGs where you get to be somebody else or all kinds of different scenarios. But this one is you're yourself and you get sucked into time travel. So you go back to yourself as a child and you get to talk to yourself in the future um and it's a story so this game this five first five minutes of the future there's no real story other than the scenario um so there are some ways that maybe this could be gamified a little bit more but i like this idea playing the game over the weekend the actual game which was um wait for me um the time travel game it hit me in ways I wasn't expecting. Um, And I had some epiphanies about my life that I was not ready for. Um, And things that have shaped me 
into who I am. And I was only playing 10 prompts of a 21-day prompt game. Um, so I played half the game. Um, and I think that we have a hard time looking at some of these things. So it's in a story format, I think it's easier to look at this stuff. Now, this game, the first five minutes of the future... I don't want to look at those scary things. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't want to look at it. I don't know if I'll play this game, but I think I, it's good for me. <laughs> I think, as we've talked about this some more, um, I, I was I was the one who brought up uh, specifically the version that Jane McGonigal talked about. Uh, I was like, is that a game? It just sounds like a, a writing prompt that you discuss afterwards. But I do think the framing of calling it a game, whether or not you argue it is a game or not, that gives just enough space for people to sort of get over that that hump of like, I don't want to think about that stuff. I don't want to talk about that stuff. I want to avoid that stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's an aspect I didn't think of before is like, whether or not it's it's actual game, it is a framing that makes it like it's playful like it's fine we're all having there's, a good time there's together. no right answer no wrong yeah. answer yeah it's a discussion Just have fun with it <laughs> well framing making it a framing of a game gives it that like that magic circle of trust that magic circle play kind of thing where you're able to make it like you said playful um i think I think that there's a lot of, like, these are scenarios that I might drop into, like, if I'm going to plan some therapeutic RPGs in the future, which is what I want to do now, um, dropping some scenarios like this so that people, especially for people that have a hard time with anxiety, trying to work through, like, what would happen in a crisis? How would I act? How would my character act? And then being able to pull that closer to this is how I would act. Um so now I'm really into these solo RPG games, and um, I dug through the racial justice uh, bundle that came out, like, back in May or June um, that was on Itch, and um, there's a whole bunch of these, like, things in there buried in the depths of, like, thousands of games. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited to do some more reflection um in a fun way i guess <laughs> so i've been i've been over here searching for a few things cuz um this is like you just came up with this idea yesterday right cuz uh, mm-hmm. uh, literally the, original... the fire just happened yesterday <laughs> yeah 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 so we scrapped <laughs> the idea of the uh, your original idea <clears throat> and uh i had not, I, i'd seen the article and yeah, it was like new game trains your brain to react in emergency situations. It was an article you sent me, and I kind of didn't pay attention to it because the I, the moment I started reading it, it was one of those articles where it was like, "Look at this novel idea," and I'm like, "It's not a novel idea." That <laughs> people have been way, doing it for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I immediately thought back to um, I don't know, like five years ago. Now I was working on a game like this as part of a project for like specifically people in Japan to practice going, it was like an AR reality. It was a augmented reality game to go through um, like safe areas in case of a tsunami. So it was like having you practice through the routes, through the, through the escape routes, things like that. Mm-hmm. And again, that's just one part. That's just me. Like one project that I worked on or that, that I was on part of a team that was working on something like that. Um, so, so I was like, Meh. so I didn't finish reading it, but now, I, I didn't even get to the part where it says Jane McGonagall in it. So now I'm reading <laughs> the the Medium post, and it's talking about the f- first five minutes of the future. So I don't know if I told either of you this, that uh, about two weeks ago, I I did a keynote um, for uh, – it was the North American Drama Therapy Association reached out and asked me to be a keynote speaker. And the title of my keynote was Welcome to the Future. And part how of many t- times can we say the future in this episode? Someone should keep a tally. I know, I know, I know, I know. But but um, but the part part of the 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 description 
is like, you know, Sir Cardona kicks off this year's um, conference, welcoming drama therapists to the future, looking at futuristic stories and technology that can help us understand and embrace this new reality. Basically, what I was uh, presenting was the idea of the technology adoption curve and how, you know, like there's like uh, early adopters and there's laggards at the end. You've probably seen this. Uh, and mm-hmm. I was saying like to someone who is a laggard, it feels like and you look at an early adopter, it looks like they're living in the future. Right. The people who have this like early technology, especially there's a stage before early adopter called um, the innovators, which is the people who are like spend, you know, ten thousand dollars on a Walkman right? <laughs> because they want the first one. And then thanks to those purchases, companies are able to like, you know, make cheaper versions and better versions. And eventually it's mass produced. And then everybody it's why has now it. we have an iPhone 12. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But it, it's like it's like. Lots of people had just cell phones in, in particular, right? Like the first cell phones were mm-hmm. super clunky and huge, and most they people were didn't car have one. phones first, right? Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then eventually, like, it got to a point where there were just some people who didn't have phones, right? Like, it became it just permeated everything. Anyway, so I kept I kept showing like science fiction ideas and all these things, just to. I, I hate it when we talk about unprecedented, <laughs> when that word keeps coming up and over over and over again, because like. Is it though? Because there's people whose jobs it is to model uh, for the future. We have stories where that we can look at of things that are actually that have actually happened. And as I'm reading this article, it makes a point that I've been that I've been making for the last couple of weeks, which is like she's presenting these prompts, but then she's showing you that they're all based on reality. Like that mm-hmm. first one about losing connection. Like I lived through that in 2017. Mm-hmm. So I can tell you exactly <laughs> what I would do five minutes after I realized that. Um, and and then she goes into other ones where it's like, oh, look, like this actually Doxing. happened in the world. This is yeah. happening. Right? There's all the the versions of it. And um, she's done other activities in the past uh, like this. And I, I, and I really like them. But it's something that I've been thinking a, a lot about. And I wonder, I want to email Jane. I haven't talked to her in a while. I want to see if she'll listen to me. Name drop, this name thing. drop, name drop. So I was, so I was, I was thinking, because I was looking. I was like, when was this posted? She posted this on September thirteenth, and I was like, when did I send my proposal to these people? I was like, it's September 9th. So I was almost like, I don't want to be accused of like copying from her blog post for my, because the the ideas are so similar. Um, so I'm I'm glad to to say that I have proof that I I sent my final version of my <laughs> proposal for my my out- outline for my presentation on the ninth. This is this is funny. It's kind of blowing my mind, but uh, I think there's a lot of uh, truth to that. Whether it's a game or not, I, w- I wouldn't even engage in that conversation. But just the act. Definitely the don't engage in that with her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will with her. I'll, I'll do it. But um, but the idea that you know, it's just practice. You know, like if we if we look at games as the ability as the opportunity to practice a whole bunch of stuff in a safe environment, I do like this in that sense where you're reframing things as a game, but really you're just presenting the idea of putting yourself in a situation that other people have already been in uh, before. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people. Um, again, like that adoption curve idea, right? The idea that like, oh, they went through that before. So now when it's my turn or eventually I have to do it, I can probably learn from them. Or, I can, or if I even took the time to prepare, there's a lot of information that will help me now. So I, again, unprecedented, even things that we that haven't happened, I think science fiction helps us explore those ideas already and at least mm-hmm. gives us an idea something like this it's still even if you would have done this right i don't know how much it would have prepared you for yesterday right if you did a fire prompt before um mm-hmm. same as if i would have done this i don't know if it would have helped me uh, I, I mean in my situation there's just like nothing you can do when there's no <laughs> there's no internet right there's like uh it's not like the the fire is like seems right. like there's a lot of options that you have to that are decisions that you have to make very quickly. Um, I in think my- in part of what they're ta- what they talk about in the medium article is that practicing it and getting it it may not help you in the moment, but it will help you give yourself compassion for not acting a certain way, like. Um, thinking about how you might feel in the future, how, like, cause that's one of the big questions in there is like, how do you feel? What do you think? So like knowing that maybe I don't know what I'm going to feel like. So let me think about that. How would I feel if this happened? Um, 
and then being able to to increase our empathy for our, for ourselves for the future you that has to go through this horrible thing that is one of the things i really liked that they talked about in the article and in the video was based on um some sort of neuroscience uh, biofeedback measuring, they found that when people imagine what they would do in the future, um, it lights up the same part of the brain as when you imagine a stranger. And so they frame it as imagining the future is a strange experience for us. And so <laughs> the idea of practicing it is, again, is like you can't know that it's going to be like it's not like learning a gymnastic routine where it's like you're practicing it and then you perform it perfectly and it's well right. done. It's more about giving yourself a a starting space where you don't get completely overwhelmed because you've already sort of considered it before. You've become, it's still strange, but it's not totally strange. Right. I would hope that, say... So I didn't play this game, and what happened to me yesterday was not a game, but it was practice. Like, my house didn't burn down, so I have the chance to be able to figure, make adjustments, have a go bag. Um, Did the fireman and the smoke, like, help with the immersion piece of it? Or, like, do you feel like, (laughs) uh, take it or leave it? Yes, yes, yes. One thing I appreciate... I appreciated it about myself was that I didn't completely freeze because in a situation like that, normally I do. And so I was able to, even though I was freaking out out loud, my brain was going and then I was able to, to figure out what I needed to get. Um, But it was all haphazard. Like now I know, and I can think about, okay, here are the things I would grab. What is a, plausible way I could grab them. But even then, what if the fire happens in a, in a room in my place where I can't get to those things? What happens if, I don't know, I start in one space in the middle of the place and I only have the option to go one way or the other? What do I do? What do I grab? Where do I go? Um, well, like there's a big difference between the emergency preparedness aspect of it in the sense of like, how am I going to save my life and that of my loved ones versus... <sighs> What am I going to – you can only take five things with you. Go. <laughs> like, what are they? Mm-hmm. Right. Laptop, phone, right. PS4. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. There's – there's. I don't know. It, there's there's mm. a bunch of psych research that, that shows pretty consistently that people are just not good at guessing how they will emotionally respond to a thing in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is such a perfect example of that because you were like, I expected to freeze. I expected to just like, and then not know what to do and not like not have time to grab anything and just be like, I've got an arm full of yowling cat and my wife and we're gone. But you didn't do that. No, you, I didn't you, do that. You, Part of you, my brain did you, do that. You Part panicked, of my brain was just like, you, no, 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 over and over and over again. But you, but you still did things. You took steps. Yeah. You did not freeze at any point. And I think that is that is so validating, even if it's like, okay, it ended up not being like emergency, emergency. You have that little nugget of knowledge for the future of like... Yes, I panic under panicky situations, but I can still do things and I still I can have still save some amount my life. of control. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. that that is I imagine must be very empowering. It is. Yeah. It is. I I had like I said one part of my brain was stuck. I think the language part of my brain was very stuck because you don't you don't need that in an emergency necessarily. I mean, you do. It's good to communicate, but like when you're worried about whether you're going to live or die, like that is that that's it's gone. So um, that part of my brain just stuck and perseverated. And I kept saying the same word over and over and over and over the same phrase. But the rest of me was like, I'm running over here. I'm grabbing this thing. I'm running over there. I'm grabbing the thing. The cats are both in the carriers. Okay, let's go. (laughs) Um, and then it felt like a like it was a wonderful thing to be able to stay and feel like okay everything's going to be okay but it was also a bit of a letdown to like 
I have all this adrenaline. What do I do with it? <laughs> um, which uh, was which was fun later. I'm all, I'm all hyped up now. <laughs> I'm going to fight a bear. <laughs> true story. Afterward, when the fire department had like left and everything, um, Nina has ADHD and her mind is everywhere. And there was a moment where I was, I am very like everything in its place. Um, I I am very like organized and and. Our brains just don't work the same way. But we have realized that in the crisis itself, she is the organized one and I am the panicky one. Afterwards, I I think it flipped after a certain amount of time. But like in the first like hour, hour and a half, um, I was very uh, leaving things places, starting a task, moving on to another task, forgetting everything. I was like, Nina, is this what it's like to be in your brain all the time? <laughs> And she was like, yes, thank you for having some kind of experience with what it's like to be me. <laughs> Including the fire. That's a big that's yeah. a big part of the experience. <laughs> uh, yeah. Fire around her all the time. I mean, that's that must be kind of validating too, is like, hey, I picked a really good wife. We complement each other well in emergency. Definitely. <laughs> I am de- she can be the rock in the crisis and I can be the support after the crisis. <laughs> On November 7th, the Geek Therapy community is participating in the annual Extra Life Marathon, where we play games for 24 hours to raise funds for Children's Miracles Network hospitals around the world. Since 2008, Extra Life has raised more than $40 million for sick and injured kids. If you want to help out, you have two options available at geektherapy.com slash extralife. First, you can join our team called Rare Candy, which Lara has been running for eight years, and raise funds from family and friends and play on November 7th. Or you can donate right now to any member of Rare Candy. On November 7th, Geek Therapy will be streaming live for 24 hours on Twitch at twitch.tv slash geektherapy as we continue to raise funds on game day. Visit geektherapy.com slash extra life to learn more, join our team, or donate. Thank you, and I hope to see you on November 7th. There's something about, like, you just don't know how you're actually going to react. Mm-hmm. That you talked about, Link, and I'm remembering moments when... I mean, I I tend to be, I tend to ruminate a lot on worst possible scenarios, and I like to frame that as uh, I'm more like Batman in that I'm like preparing contingency plans in my mind, and I like to I, I like to that brings me comfort. But the truth is, you don't get enough chances to practice. Like, Hopefully you'll never have another chance to practice this again, Lara. Right. <laughs> ever, right. ever, ever, ever again. I never want to do it again. Yeah, practice never. or or real. Right? You don't want mm-hmm. you don't want the actual event to to happen. But I'm but I I tend to be very nervous, and there have been many events where I've been that I've been very anxious about potentially happening. And when they happened, I was so I was like, it's probably the way the the adrenaline affected me. But I was like very cool just calm just like no stress whatsoever and afterwards I, i've thought about it I'm like, what happened who was that like how did that even in um and and it's like it's almost it's evidence for well if it happens in the future like you've already like been able to handle it why are you still afraid that you're not going to be able to handle it in the future and I, I think it's because we don't we don't practice it enough the the idea of some of these things are scary but practice the idea not the actual well, well, no, I mean, I mean, there are like I think drills are good. It's the best. It's better practice than just mind practice, right? <laughs> like right going right, through right. the actual actions, actually trying to do it. You can only prepare so much when you study. Once you start doing it, is that you, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's that. You know, that that's better. Um, that's interesting. The right. Scenarios. There's a the difference between, say, textbook learning, if you're trying to be a doctor, textbook learning versus practicing on dummies and cadavers versus f- practicing on people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, it's, it's learning in general, right? Like you can mm-hmm. you can try the theory all you want, but yeah, exactly. Like you can't know everything there is to know about surgery and then go into your first surgery and kill it and, you know... Um, Bad choice of words, like you know, just do really well. <laughs> <laughs> and do a good job <laughs> at it. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. But but I think games are, are a great way to 
practice a whole bunch of these things, not necessarily specifically. I mean, when I, in, in that presentation that I gave, I, I made the connections, and I think I've done that on the show too, where I talk about like, you know what? Zombie stories did kind of prepare me for the for some of the things that we're going through now. And in a strange way, right? They they prepared me, but because the, the ideas are the same, because there's definitely the idea of uh, lack of resources and, you know, community versus like being on your own and how important that might be, et cetera. And there's a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> like, and how do you communicate when there's no power? And how do you do things? Like, I like those survival aspects of, of shows. And I think... Even even if they're even if they're um, uh, there's a lot of stuff there that is not true or possible, I think it gets your brain working in that sense in in those spaces, and so I I do like this again. I have to read the article better because I haven't read every single day, <laughs> <laughs> right? I've, I've kind of because you shared it after I shared the like after I shared the link to to get started, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah this one this one I found like probably like. A few minutes before we were recording. Right. So I didn't get to read it before, but, but I do like this. It's like presenting these doomsday scenarios and then it's like, guess what? People go through this, have gone through this. And there's, there's a lot that you can, it's good to think about it. And there's also good information to know, to possibly prepare yourself for it, including what people actually did (laughs) when it happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And um, one of the things they encourage is to be able to talk to other people who have played the game, right? Well, Jane McGonigal, one of the things in the article is she was tweeting out these responses, like, or having people tweet their responses with the hashtag first five minutes of the future. So I think that being able to see what other people might do either gives you an example of what you want to do or what you wouldn't do, you know, wouldn't want to do and is even more practice if you can discuss it with other people. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's fun to imagine these things. I think it's useful and helpful. It's not. (laughs) No, I don't think it's fun either. But so the, the solo journaling game that I did, which was different, that was fun. It was different enough because I don't think I'm going to actually be pulled into a like time stream and like <laughs> go back to my birthday you never party know. when I was a you kid never know. and then I never know. Never know. Um but it was a it was a cool experience to be able to do that and that was kind of fun. Picturing myself going through time. One of the prompts asks you to think about what does time smell like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? Hmm. Um, and try to imagine those things. So I think um, that was definitely a more gamified version of self-reflection and looking at yourself and identifying areas of your life that have shaped you and what you would try to change in the past and how that might affect you um, and what you want to do now to change your future. Um, there are other ones that are, um, somebody mentioned trying a game called body slash slash hack, which is like, you get a cybernetic, a piece of your body is a cybernetic thing. It's a cyberpunk kind of, um, situation and reflecting on how it feels to have that body part attached and, and the experiences of that. Um, I haven't looked at the prompts for that one, but apparently solo journaling RPGs are a big thing now. Like it's people are talking about it. I don't know if it's huge, but in the RPG world, there's there's quite a few coming up that okay. um that people are talking about. So um and I think that has a huge implication for my work and being able to have fun prompts that make you think, but also you can play it off like you're not actually talking about yourself. <laughs> My therapy homework was always fun and engaging, never boring. I, I wrote the I'm best. A, I'm bad at I'm bad at giving homework, <laughs> so this might give me a good a good example of homework. The bestest give. prompts, <laughs> but I wouldn't call them games. 
No, I mean, I mean, we're we're. I'm really interested in that. When people were talking about that over the weekend, uh, I was really interested in learning more about some of those. I have all the prompts. We could, I could send them to you. You could play. Yeah, yeah. I want to check it out. I want to check it out, especially this one in particular about the future and all that. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, up my alley. I'm, Definitely. I'm very interested. Yeah, and I'm curious what other things are going on in that space. Yeah. Save was good. Save against fear was Save, a lot of fun. Save was a lot of fun. I had yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I, I have a bunch of new friends, and that's exciting. Yeah. Brandon was back on this show because I recorded our panel mm-hmm. from Saturday, and that'll be, you know, that's that's the episode before this one on the feed. Yeah. Woohoo. Oh, yeah. Brandon made his comeback. He's in the chat, too. Brandon? Yeah. Yeah. He's lurking. Yeah. Lurker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any other thoughts about this? Um, about this emergency preparedness, how to avoid house fires, um, what to save? Think about these things. It's hard to think about it. Um, I mean, like I said, since I've been a kid, I've been worried about this happening. And off and on, I think I would stress myself out and think about like, what would I, what would I do? What would I grab? And now I literally know what I would grab because I did grab it. <laughs> um, and think about it. Think about it. Prepare. Um, I was a a dismissive person. I was like, nah, I don't need a go bag. Now I'm going to have one. I I think about this stuff all the time. It's one of the reasons why I go digital on all my stuff. And even though now I've started like building model kits and doing things like that um, in my space, I'm doing it very much for the act of doing it, not for the preservation of it. Like I've already thought about like when I move next year, am I just going to throw them out? Am I even going to keep them? Like I like keeping like some of them for now, but there's no, I don't, I haven't, I've tried not to have any sort of attachment to them because I've already been in a situation multiple times, not a fire, but that I've had to move and I just couldn't take all my stuff with me. It was just, just Mm -hmm. not an option. So I tend to think about that stuff all the time. Like I bought the PS5 digital edition. I don't even want the temptation of buying a disc. I don't want to, I don't care. If that thing dies or the house burns down, I want to know that I can just pick up and keep playing eventually later on down the line. And I'm I'm like that with, with a lot of stuff. I don't think, I don't know that I would buy anything that was so precious to me that I wasn't willing to lose it. Like the, I don't, I don't know that I have anything the, like the that. The stuff that was precious to me was the laptop that had all the photos yeah. and stuff that is sentimental and from my childhood yeah yeah i can like like my parents are still alive so so i mean i it's it's different right i don't have anything mm -hmm. um when i was screaming what do i grab nina was like something of your mom and i was like that's the first thing i grabbed (laughs) (laughs) forget before i grabbed the laptop because it's above my desk so i just grabbed the picture and closed the laptop and threw that in the bag so yeah. Um, yeah. I can't. But it's funny because you've seen my place. You've seen all the crap we have, all the knickknacks, all the. Like, I wouldn't call it the figures. Crap. It's not crap. It's but it's like it's a lot. It's a yeah. lot of stuff. It's a lot of figures. A lot of exclusives from Comic Con. None of that. Like I love looking at it, and I love having it. I might miss it, but yeah. I, I can get more of that. I can yeah. buy more. Um, some of those comics that we have signed from friends, those kind of things. Yeah. I would miss those more. Um, we could replace the comics themselves or go digital, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) But it's down to the sentimental. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So just, just think about yourselves. People think about it, even if it's not so fun to think about. Yeah. Maybe maybe play Jane McGonagall's game as if you're somebody else and think about somebody else living in your house grabbing your stuff or whatever it is. Um Yeah, it's hard to have this conversation with people who have a lot of stuff and and have a, a strong emotional attachment to it. Cuz you know, I've been, I've been on the um I've tried to have this conversation with people that like I don't I would never I can never go digital like I can never do this or that or leave my stuff. And I, I try not to have this conversation because 
I don't think it's a fun, I, I don't think it's a, again, it's not a fun conversation to have. Most people don't like to think about that. It's like, so what would you do if, if there was a fire or a flood or I don't know. I mean, see, I've I still wouldn't through... go digital. I still wouldn't go digital. I know. But I... I would, I would be okay, as okay as I can getting rid of, like leaving it. Yeah. You know? I mean, I've been, I've been through enough natural disasters that I, and enough um, just unemployment and like uh, horrible things throughout my life where I'm like, yeah, like I can't think, like the, even the idea, the idea of any sort of permanence to, to anything mm-hmm. that I own is very, very strange to me. But all of those things have been practice. They weren't a game. They were actually like real life practice um, of, of all of those things. And yeah, so I, I think I think games are good practice better than mm-hmm. the real I mean, life version <clears throat> my takeaway here is that if you have a, a family or live with people you should do some sort of emergency drill and figure out as as a group um like where where to meet up and what stuff to grab and you know what are the most important things and and turn it into a game like that could yeah. that could be fun is like okay let's you know this round we're going to pretend that you know roommate a is on vacation and so we have to like save her cat like let's go practice that mm-hmm. that kind of stuff yeah it's it's hard to think that we would lack the motivation to do this so much that we would need, like we would have the urge to want to. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's avoidance. It's the yeah, same yeah, thing. Yeah. I mean, of course I'm going to, I'm going to talk about death. It's, it's, it's death avoidance is people don't want to think about yeah. the fact that that stuff is going to disappear, that you're going to disappear, that your things are yeah. going to cease to exist. So yeah. instead of recognizing that, the, okay, that, eventually in some way is going to happen what's you know what is the most important to me what things do i you know do i want to be prioritized um and actually talk through that stuff even though it is uncomfortable and people don't really want to do it um but but like talking about death and dying stuff i do think it's one of those things that it's uncomfortable to start but once you start doing it it becomes easier and you feel so much better after you have done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is, I mean, personally, if I think engaging with media that covers these topics is a good way to do that. Um, and it's just, just hypothesizing that it would be easier to get people hooked with a good narrative than, than trying to gamify uh, disaster preparedness in a I way. I mean, I literally had this conversation with Nina after we watched This Is Us the episode where you finally see the fire right like yeah you, when you told me about the fire that's my first thought was like was it a slow cooker that, that did it you know was it mm-hmm. yeah but uh, yeah no it was not a slow cooker that did it <laughs> i know that for sure ironically um, i bought an instant pot today and i just plugged it in <laughs> and i was very scared <laughs> instant pot thanks this thanks this is us <laughs> Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. 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 Has has there been any media that you've that you've um experienced in the past that you that you feel prepared you in any way for some sort of disaster or situation that that you're either afraid of or or think or think about often? I have an example. <laughs> I want to hear it cuz you're ahead. like laughing. <laughs> this is very much from my childhood. Go for it. Um, it does not so much apply now, but when I was a kid and I saw the movie Homeward Bound mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my God, I love this movie, but also like how terrifying for people who haven't heard of this old ass movie. Uh, it, it's a it's a story about a family that moves across country and their three pets, two dogs and a cat are accidentally left behind and they have to reunite with the family or they get taken somewhere else and then they have they have to go home homeward bound they're they're returning to home uh but anyways at the time when i was like i don't know eight or nine i was like this is terrifying 
idea that you could just you could just leave your they got out like oh my god <sighs> and i remember having conversations with my my parents my grandparents about like well what happens when you get separated from your family like what are you going to do and it's like i remember that being like when i started consciously memorizing phone numbers of people or like trying to actually memorize an address yeah. um stuff like that uh <laughs> I don't know about so much now, but definitely when I was a kid, that was that was a piece of media that definitely led to more emergency awareness and planning. I'm yeah, a- that brings up that brings up um, when I was a kid, Home Alone. Like, what happens if you get left behind? Not that my family would ever do that, but like, how would you protect your home? How would you protect you your have home? ideas? Yeah, I got marbles. I got. <laughs> I got to go buy. I've got go buy some paint cans. I got cutouts. <laughs> a horrible example that is not really relevant, but is is um, uh, what's it called? Um, Final Destination. I still can't walk under a fire escape, like mm-hmm. which, without thinking. It's like I'll never walk under a fire escape. Oh my god! Yeah, I love those movies. I can't those, do it. Those are my favorite. <laughs> they were so. My favorite it. horror movies, and we've talked about this before. Like, I like those like thing with the the, the ones with a gimmick, right? Like, I liked Urban Legend, and like this was this as long was as you take the I, gimmick to the extreme, it's it's it's, mm-hmm. it's good. <laughs> I still won't drive near a truck with logs on the back. Just saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not just logs either. There are trucks where I'm like, mm, that looks really precarious, like lumber barrels fruit <laughs> I, was, I was in new york and in, in, in a i don't remember if it was in prospect park it may have been prospect park it may have been central park there was just like a windy day and like this tree branch fell and like fell on top of a family and and like hurt them or killed a kid or something and i was like i was just thinking back to like final destination and stuff like that i'm like see like you got to be like mindful of like stuff falling from above <laughs> I don't know. I think about that movie. That movie messed me up. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is basically like the only way to survive is hyper vigilance, and also you won't survive. You won't survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's exactly. like, wait, huh? Yeah. Oh no. Well, somebody survives remember... at the end, right? Isn't there always one person who survives at the end, or no? Uh, they all die. Sort of. Sort of. Sort of. Sort of. Sort of. There is a single survivor in the first movie yeah. who dies in the second movie. Oh, uh, I didn't. I didn't remember that. I'm, Doesn't I, someone survive in the fifth movie? I'm so hopeful that about then at the at the end five of the of fifth movie there there's, are five the fifth, of them. At the I end love of the, the fifth, fifth one. <laughs> the end of the fifth movie, you're like, wow, the the two the like love couple, like they survived. Like this is the first time we've actually had but, like but, survivors. And then the final scene is they're getting onto the plane. That is the opening sequence of the first movie. Uh, exactly. And you realize so, it, so oh, nobody, it was a prequel. Nobody lives. Nobody, nobody lives. lives. I Which, saw that like, one in three D. Um, also very terrifying. Uh, <laughs> I will never get laser eye surgery ever. <laughs> oh, they go there. Wow. I can't watch yeah. that movie. No, wow. I didn't want to get it beforehand. Yeah. Um, definitely not now. That's mm-hmm. messed up. Yeah, that, was, that was, that was pretty, that was that pretty was cringy. That's messed I, up. Yeah. And I watched it in 3D. <laughs> Well, I apologize for derailing the the. I got us off topic a little, but hey, we, but it's Hall- it's it's Halloween. It's October, it's and we're talking about spooky stuff, so that's cool. <laughs> but no, like we're talking about another, emergency preparedness. Ha- <laughs> emergency preparedness, but spooky, I mean, you got to be prepared for things to happen on the road. You got to be prepared for elevators to fall. <laughs> you got to be prepared for garbage disposals. Yeah, uh, I mean, like, and laser I, eye surgery. I, like I'm too old to have putting ice in your tea. <laughs> Don't do it. You could die. <laughs> I'm too old to have been through a a shooter drill at a school or something like that. But to think that there's so many like that that is something that that so many younger people have gone through and experienced. Um, it's that's like, the one kind of drill that I don't know how helpful that is um for the yeah. students i don't know They're, like that one feels more traumatizing we just, than we helpful. watched that episode <laughs> so wait, you watched that episode of the last season of 13 reasons why correct? i haven't watched i haven't finished the season no 
I think that from what I have heard from students who have had to do those mm -hmm. drills, it's a pretty, it's a pretty accurate description of how it feels to go through one. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. I, again, and like it's, and it's terrifying and that's not helping them prepare for, man, I have, I have such, I have such. This is a complicated topic. This is a really complicated topic because I don't know what I don't know what the answer is. Like is it do you just talk about it or do you do you try to practice some of these things? Do you avoid all media that covers like I was just reading this article and on the first day like I zoned out for a bit cuz I was like, "Oh no, like everything you're describing I lived through and it's it's not something mm -hmm. that I like to remember and I have no desire to relive it." But yeah, like you, like you, media does can help can make you not help you, but it can cause you to relive a trauma, right? And remember stuff that you don't want mm -hmm. to feel again, and that's true for a lot of traumatic experiences. And I don't. There's a difference between like the entertainment component of it versus the training component of it, right? Like, and there's also the idea that you're doing this for the people who haven't experienced it versus the people who do experience mm -hmm. it. Um, I'm reminded real quick of like, every time we talk about depression quests, it's like, it's not, it's not designed for people who, who have, have lived that depression. experience. Yeah. It's for people who haven't lived that experience. And so, and what is, what is your intention? I mean, it's, it's a much broader conversation, mm -hmm. but uh, I haven't watched the episode yet, but again, I, I doubt that I would feel like someone who went through that because I, I haven't, but, but like, I think, yeah, I think it's helpful to go through a fire drill and know where I should go if there is a, a fire, because I don't think about that yeah. often, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I think about that more now that I'm older and, and more anxious about, about these kinds of things. And I live in a big building and I'm, I'm like super aware of, of what to do. I try to live, uh, I, I try to never live too high up in a building. Like I think about all those things, um, I think about my survival when I make certain decisions. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but his, yeah, it's interesting. I think a good compromise is looking at what are the behaviors that are trainable, and that that is like you know figuring out where the exit routes are that mm -hmm. is you know figuring out what things to grab if that's medications if yep. that's paperwork you need um if that's babies that can't you know walk crawl that kind of stuff yeah. um less focus on specific situations and more mm -hmm. focus on the broader idea of how do we deal with a stressful situation? How do you deal with making a decision in a short period of time and practicing those skills? It doesn't necessarily have to be like, the shooter came in the room, what do you do? It's like, okay, how how do we, you know... Lockdown, what do we do? Like, yeah, what like what is the process of making sure that, um, you know, people are quiet? Like practicing that kind of thing. Practicing, what do we do with blocking the door? Yeah, what yeah do we exactly. do practicing how to how to blockade things. How Which to is co much what cover we do. windows. I think that's, that's the way they go, right? Fire drills. Yeah. No, uh, the shooter drills. How do shooter it drills work? It depends. It depends. It depends. On, there isn't a a agreed upon system in place like there is for fire and earthquake drills, and so actually, unfortunately, a lot of them are. Um, just fear mongering. Are they like reenactments? Somebody getting like, do they have somebody, people dress up? Sometimes, yes, yes. yes. What? Sometimes so, they have people dress up <clears throat> and come in and and do this. And sometimes they don't do a great job of um, making sure everybody's aware that it's a uh, a drill. drill. I had yeah. No so the episode, the episode idea. of Thirteen Reasons Why they did not tell the kids that it was a drill, and they had people with guns running around like cops running around the guns with blanks and making shooting noises. Yeah. Kids are terrified. Yeah. Again, I haven't seen the episode. I, I kind of appreciate uh, the idea yeah. that they show that so that, because I had no idea that that, that happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. one of those things where um, it, 
it's there's some stupid it, people in this world that do stupid things it, there are people who are are profiting off of this yeah. there are mm-hmm. people who are like i have access to like tactical gear and fake guns i'm uh, going to get this school to pay me you know ten thousand dollars to come in and do a training because that'll make the parents feel safer uh, that they know they're doing training yeah. and it's just taking advantage of people who are afraid and that's like the shitty part is trying to balance that of like, how do we prepare people for bad shit that is absolutely going to happen at some point versus how do we do that without like totally breaking people? <laughs> right. And so if it were more like you were talking about with like, how do we keep quiet? How do we block the door? A fire drill? I have never been terrified by a fire drill at a school. Everybody get in a line, walk with your teacher. No smoke machines. Way. No, uh, they turn the heat up and anything like that. Right. No. None of that. I mean, no. the, the one thing they do is they, you know, they turn on the alarms and the pretty general general consensus is everybody's like, wow, that's really fucking annoying. It's like, good. It's doing its job. <laughs> right. It's <laughs> literally the one thing. So, but you actually practice the behavior and you practice earthquake drill do you get Mm -hmm. under the desk you get under the desk like i don't know what the rule is now anymore but you get under the desk okay so we that's what we do um you don't have to get some kind of machine to shake the building right it's it's there (laughs) um so why do people to shake people's chairs just everybody's chairs (laughs) you get a machine that like hooks around the base of every chair. And I think, just, like, it, I think it would it. probably be cheaper if you just like drugged the kids so they didn't have any like internal sense of balance That's a and good it point. feels like they're shaking. That's an excellent point. Just gas seems them. cheaper. Yeah, 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 yeah. It seems cheaper. Yeah. Or like, yeah. yeah and the lunch, like Benadryl or something. That's horrible. I can't believe this horrible. thing about the, the shooter stuff. No, yeah. it, no depend- it depends fucked on the up. school. Yeah. And it's really fucked up. And I... a lot of kids are in therapy because of you have, drills. This infuriates me so much. <laughs> the fact that this exists. So oh. maybe they should think about, you know, practicing it in a different way that makes it less, more annoying, but like, at least you know what to do. <laughs> Rather than you're terrified and you freeze. Oh. I, am. I just, you know, with, with that kind of situation, for me, the worry would be it would be too specific of a training. Right. And so instead of having like generalized emergency skills, it would be when I see a person who looks like that person, I'm going to have a panic attack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. That was you're supposed to be like practicing for and it, like, uh, you know, the, the firemen are coming. It's like the firemen are coming. <laughs> Like no no no, okay, calm down, calm down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is this is horrible. This is depressing. Yep. We need to we need to lighten it up before we end. <clears throat> I mean, I'm just it's just like in video games we, we talk about like how you, you scale it up, right? You're going according to your difficulty level, like it's always just a little bit further ahead, like you're preparing people for something. If we were to, you know, somehow make these things into games i think it's the same way you first like you start talking about it maybe you reflect on it maybe you move forward towards something like that but the idea that this whole idea of like scaring people into something to like yeah traumatizing people is definitely one way to imprint their brain with the information that you wanted but i do not (laughs) just oh it's just i'm so i'm so angry right now oh i'm so angry I didn't. Okay, I saw I saw a TikTok the other day no, that was talking help. about <laughs> that was talking about um, like bell or whistle training your cats, uh-huh. and basically, you know, like with dogs, it's like you're doing training and you're you know teaching them to do tricks and stuff. Uh, but the baseline, hopefully, for most people is safety safety stuff, right? Getting your dog to come so you know they don't run into the street and everything, and it's harder to imagine that kind of relationship with cats, but you want to do that. And so there's a video of this uh, cat rescue and they've got like 30 cats and they have bell trained them all to come inside when, when the bell goes off. So it's like they practice that throughout the day and they get treats. And so it's like really fun. But if it's also like, oh shit, I saw like a coyote running around the backyard near, near the fence. It's like ring that bell and the bats, the the bats come in, the cats come back (laughs) 
Uh, so, like, you know, maybe that's the answer is when you do the training drills, um, make sure people get treats. So then you have a cue <laughs> that you can just use. Um, yeah. To put... <laughs> Did that make you feel a little bit better? No, not at all. Because you, <laughs> you said the word whistle. On these, on these, you said on the word whistle and it made, me, it made me think of dog whistling and it made me compare. It just made me think about oh. the state of the world and how no. this continues to happen in different ways. They could load um, the guns with instead of blanks, they could shoot candy at kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's horrible. I don't know if I should edit that out. I think it's so messed up. <laughs> it's so bad. It's, it's so bad. It's terrible. It's, but oh. it's you. It's a fucked up. It's fucked it's up. Fucked it's a up. bad situation. Oh. And like, I don't. You have to laugh or you're gonna cry. Yes. Agreed. Like, like, oh. like the only time I've ever lost a job, like that I was fired, was because I complained about how we weren't. Uh, protecting our students enough like how we were like how we were it was a safety issue it was like oh we should be considering the safety of our students not putting them in situations where oh just this whole this makes me so mad <laughs> let's go <laughs> i'm gonna go watch some tiktok so i can feel better Whew. any any anything anything else any closing thoughts that are not uh like the one that practice packing a go bag <laughs> Don't be like me. Be prepared. Um, okay. And if you, and if you take regular medications, stuff. have have some squirreled away. All sorts of stuff like that. <laughs> all sorts of goodies. Make um, sure all of your games are downloaded on to the systems, so you don't need internet access to play them. Yeah, go digital. <laughs> Just also, make sure all your saves are in the cloud, <laughs> so you if you forget your external hard drive. Um, it's yeah. all there. Listen back to the episodes um, of Headshots and GT Radio during in 2017 when I was uh, talking about playing a switch on emergency power and uh, all that stuff for some tips on how to uh, survive um, uh, these types of things and not be bored because that's basically what's going to happen if the internet gets cut out. <laughs> You're just going to be very bored. Um, the article that we were talking about is on Medium. It's called The First Five Minutes of the Future by the Institute for the Future. I, I suggest you check it out. I'm going to finish reading it <laughs> later. And I'm going to email Jay McGonagall. I hope she reads my email. Thank you for listening uh, and for joining us this week. Remember, for more episodes of Geek Therapy and everything on the Geek Therapy Network, visit geektherapy.com. Um You've probably heard the the ads already on this episode, but uh, definitely consider donating to our extra life campaign for the kids. For uh, the kids, for kids the kids can't wait. Yep, headshots is back. We're recording currently, so uh, check out headshotspodcast.com for that, and follow us on Twitch so you can join us when we record live with GT Radio headshots our extra life marathon and who knows other stuff it's coming down you'll see it's gonna be great oh and also we talked about save against fear we did two panels at save against fear and both video versions of that should be at save against fears youtube channel so if any questions about that contact us our contact information is in the show notes thank you so much for listening remember to geek out and do good and we'll be back next week Mm, bye This episode was brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters. We'd like to say a very special thank you to our supporters at the evangelist level and above, including Mark, Booney, Lydia, Jamila, Adam, Doe, Gay, Pat, and Joe Lynn. To learn more about how to support Geek Therapy and gain access to exclusive content, visit patreon.com slash geektherapy.